Come on. Hello, dear listener. Before we get into today's show, quick ask. If you find value in today's show or you've gotten value out of a previous show, please leave us a quick five-star review. Be super grateful. Thanks a lot. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grombacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Sean Campbell. Sean, are you ready to do this? Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, happy to have you on. Sean is the founder and CEO of Cascade Insights, an organization helping companies build marketing pipelines that don't that will not break the bank. He is a speaker and advisor, podcast host, and I've just learned a landscaping expert as well. Sean, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah, I think my wife would quiver about uh, my <laughs> landscaping expertise. I think that's more hers. But yeah, the, the reference there for listeners was we were joking uh, before we started recording that I said something early in the spring. Well, clearly, COVID is a, a personal tragedy. It's a national tragedy. It's a worldwide tragedy. Um, you have to make the best of things in your, your home as you can in these environments. And I, I said early in the spring to a lot of folks, I said, hey, if you've got older kids, the least you could have at the end of this is a really nice yard, you know, because <laughs> anybody can go pull weeds, you know what I mean, yeah. and do that kind of stuff. And so we built a fire pit in the midst of COVID, and like we were talking about before the show started, you know, um, Home Depot's done great. It's one of the really weird things, just a side note, you know, I've been through two recessions as a business owner, uh, the dot-com bust in 03-ish and the 08 one, and um, – this one is so strange because it's, as everybody knows, you know, forget your LV hockey stick, whatever kind of recovery model you want to advocate for. What What's true is it's completely non-uniform. Like if we had picked air aviation as a focus for an industry before, we'd be completely toast. On the other hand, we picked tech, which has been great for us. Or if you pick Home Depot, it's great. You know, so it's a really, it's a really interesting um economic environment to own a business in, to say the least. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And a great time to have a backyard and, and, and teenage kids. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad about the fire pit. I was telling you I've got a four and one-year-old, and they are of very little help. But uh, next time, next time. So you've you've been at this for, for a good little while, and you've seen, obviously, the world change and technology change. And and obviously how how we market and how people market change. Um, love to get your opinion, your thoughts. I I've always enjoyed Seth Godin's work, um, and I'm fascinated at the same time by by internet funnels. So is there a right or wrong way to market? Do you need to be embracing everything? Yeah, there's well, there's a lot to tackle there. I mean. Um you know, clearly there's a lot of meta trends that I think folks are familiar with, you know, whether it's, um, you know, the buyer's journey is more digital. So, of course, you know, pick your statistic, like 57 percent thrown around a lot because it was like the first statistic of the journey is digital. But honestly, in, in some environments, it's it's 100 percent. You know, it just depends on, you know, what you're selling and who you're selling it to. So that's a huge change. Um you know, in terms of my career history, one of the biggest things that I noticed have changed, this is more on the sales side, but, you know, marketing and sales 
are going for the same goal, right? It's client creation. Mm-hmm. It's on the sales side, um, you know, you could almost chart the size of purchase order you could get without physically meeting a client increasing year over year over the last 20 years. <laughs> and COVID has now just massively accelerated that. Um, you know, I, I think fundamentally that's going to change people's perspectives of, you know, sales travel, the role of in-person events, of course, you know, all those kinds of things. Um, one footnote on that, you know, just recent, one of the things we've seen people do, I think, a poor job of, though, with in-person events is the grand majority of folks have kind of just lifted and shifted their in-person event to virtual. And, and you know, I, I'm sympathetic. I get it. You know, you're probably, like, freaking out about, you know, do you still have to pay the venue fee or can you get out of it? Or did they just say, hey, we'll just stick it to you next year, right, you know, or whatever. But, like, um, so you got a lot to worry about already. But, like, the really misstep, I think, is that people aren't really taking advantage of digital. You know, like, they're not doing things like um, giving learning paths that go for months after the event. That's not something you would traditionally do with an in-person event, but you certainly can do with a digital event. And not only that, you should. Because <laughs> most people, when they go to an in-person event, they're, once, once they leave Vegas, where most events seem to be held, right? they're like, okay, that's enough of Vegas for six months. Right. I'm not thinking about this conference again. right? And, and now it's very different. It's like drip marketing conference style right? Mm-hmm. Or, or feedback loops. Right? Feedback loops are notoriously hard to get at a conference because only the most vocal people give you feedback. And it's very hard to use even digital survey platforms at a conference and really get good feedback. I mean, I know people try, but, but hey, if it's a virtual conference, you could get really high response rates, just pop it up right at the end of the session, right? So there, there's things I, I, I wish I saw people doing. Some people are doing it good. Like some people are spreading out events or not making it just the, the three-day block they had. There's some good work being done there, but universally it's kind of lift and shift. And then the only other thing I'd say is like major changes are just, um, I, I think one of the things that's the most important to do um, is when anybody can go find any solution they want, you have to let people know really clearly when they hit your site what you don't do. Um, and I think most organizations fail to do that, like categorically fail to do that, partly out of fear, partly out of wanting to leave the aperture wide open to any opportunity. Um, but the reality is if you're not talking to that prospect and they're kind of educating on their own, the very first thing they're looking for is honestly not what you do, but what you don't do because they just don't trust what people tell them online all the time. Well, that's certainly true. So this idea that, that no can be more than yes and that you got to let people know that what you don't do, do you just put that right on the right, right on the homepage of the site? This is us, but this is also not us? I, I, I think it's a very strong thing to do, um, especially for professional services firms because although I would, uh, I'll tell you where I think it also fits for product firms too, but for services firms it's particularly important because – Unfortunately, service firms, and and this isn't us because we say no to stuff all the time, and anybody who works with us would know that, but like um, service firms are notorious, the leadership of them, for saying things like, I've got smart people. We could do anything. Right. Okay, well, well, this isn't Apollo 13. I mean, we're not trying to bring (laughs) back them from space, right? I mean, sure, in that case, it's like, we got to make this with nothing but this, 
in one of those famous movie clips, right? Or I've only got four amps or whatever it was, right? You know, so that's fine when it's really life or death, but that's not really true. And product companies, their problem is, especially in the tech space where we are, they spit out what I call the itties without any validation at all, all the time. Like we are the, we, you know, reliability, maintainability, scalability, security, manageability, right? And they're always like, we're the most manageable, we're the most secure, we're the most performant, you know? And right after it, there's no proof, never. And you see this a lot with the startup community because they believe they're changing the world. But the thing I always tell them is like, great, you're changing the world. I do not want to take that away from you because there's no way you're going to work that many hours, I guess, (laughs) unless you really believe that. Right. But fine, do that. That's, That's all you want to do. But nobody's going to buy from you until they find out what you don't do. That's the thing they're hunting for. So, yeah, does it have to be right on the homepage, H1, right at the top? No, I wouldn't necessarily say that. Maybe for service firms it maybe should be. Um, But for product firms it should be really discoverable what you don't do. In the same way who you don't serve. Um, That's another mistake I see sometimes is that people will talk a lot about the, the personas they do target, the jobs to be done they serve. But they're incredibly reluctant to say like, but hey, if you're XYZ role in a company, we're not really a good fit for you. Our tool will not solve your business problems, right? And and just to emphasize the point, I don't, I, I think it's just it's a trust building thing. That until you tell them something you don't do, they're almost always disbelieving everything you say, to, to some limited degree. And, and I and I and you can't fix it by telling them more things that are true. You can only fix it by telling them things that aren't true, like that are that aren't true about you, right? That are like you you don't do this, you know, kind of thing. Can you give me a good example of like a, a service firm that would be doing that well? Um, Not you don't yeah, need to give me a real company, but yeah, yeah. Well, I I, I could be self-referential because like our site says a lot of things. Like you know, we don't do B two C, we don't do this, we don't do that. You know, um, but it it's interesting because. There are firms I've come across that do it increasingly, um, and I think it's I think it's really great. Um, you know, I've seen firms in the management consulting space do that pretty well. I've seen some market research firms do that pretty well. Um, I, I haven't seen it in the trades, which is kind of unfortunate because I think there they have a really good angle for that. Um, you know, so there's there's clearly some opportunity there. Um, on the product and technology side, it, it's incredibly rare to see it. Um, you know, they, they typically kind of just keep trying to expand their product offering as far as it can go to the end of the universe. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. I mean, part of it would be easier if I could give you, like, a specific company, but I don't want to really, like, knock a specific company one way or the other. But, like, um, but yeah, yeah. Right now, if you just did your own you know, test of it while you're listening and go out to your favorite company and spend time looking through their site for five minutes to, you know, find out what they don't do, I'd say 90% of the time you're never going to find it. Yeah, that's really interesting. And you would, I, I, I totally agree. Uh, you're really helping people to get clarity on, on, on your sweet spot and what you're good at by telling somebody, you know, this is not what I do. In my mind, I've got, uh, I spent, 10 years with, with New York Life. And so I've not gone to New York Life's website in a long time, but if I were, I would imagine it would say, you know, we don't, we, we don't do mortgages. We, we don't do car insurance. You know, you come to us for, you know, life insurance kind of thing. And so 
very clear in, 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 in what the offering is. And I would also think in, in your space, that would also be really, really, really helpful. You know, don't come to me to, to, to build a sales funnel to sell to, to individuals. I, I'm not going to do SEO. I, I don't know if you do that or not, but. No, 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 you're right. No, no. And, and, and at the end of the day, right, every business has a boundary anyway. So it's not like, it, it, it's not like you're going to hide that. You're either going to fall off that cliff by doing a project or providing a service you shouldn't have, and then it craters, mm-hmm. or people just don't select you for that anyway. Because on their own instinct, they're like, "Yeah, no, I don't really think that works for you guys." Right? Um, so, so anyway, that that's the biggest thing, and I think that's just tied back into the digital side because when people are self-educating as much as they are, they're really just looking for a signal of trust, and the fastest way to do that is just tell people what you don't do first yeah yeah that certainly certainly makes sense um and the idea that that you know you're going to sort of self-select by trying to you get too far over your skis and and it craters and 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 potentially you just go out of business i'm sure that that happens to a lot of small small startup companies who are you know trying to change the world but then they try to change too much of the world instead of focusing on on what their scope really is well, one, and, and one last example there that um, I, I can't say the company name because we're currently engaged with them. And, I, you know, I have this kind of protocol we all do in the company because when you do research or kind of strategy work and whatever for folks, you know, you can either tell people a lot about the engagement and never say who it was. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Or you can say, I work for Microsoft and then never really say anything about what you do for Microsoft. Right. You kind of have two choices when you deal with that level of kind of NDA info. And so I won't say who this is, but they are like a fairly recognizable SaaS platform. And, um, you know, this is actually a really good case of it. I should have thought about it before, but they um, they offer a service that is fairly utilitarian. Um, you know, you could use it to solve a lot of business problems. And way at the start of the company, the founder said, hey, let's open the door. Let's let people do signups. You know, and they praise themselves for like all the growth they had, and they've got you know they're excited like we've got people in healthcare and oil and gas and pharmaceutical and you know regular gold businesses using our product. That's awesome. Well, the problem they're asking us to solve for them now is, well, how do you deal with things like picking the right ideal customer that has the least amount of churn and the lowest cost of acquisition when you got like 9,700 different profiles of customers? And they literally told us. It wasn't 9,700, but they said they have like 3,000 specific customer profiles that use their solution. Wow. And they're just stuck because inside the company, they're arguing back and forth about like which one's the better one, which one isn't. And meanwhile, we all know if you look at that, it doesn't take rocket scientists to figure it out. Some of those are great customers for them. Some of them are horrible customers. They're going to churn all the time. Some of them they have great product alignment for. Some of them are more opportunistic and aspirational, right? And that's fine too. Um, but you, and then on top of it, how do you market to three thousand different customer types? Yeah. Right. You can't basically. So then, if you looked at this company's marketing today, it's really high level. And then guess what's happening? They're getting beat up on by all these niche plays that just happen to be focused on the niches, right? And sure, none of those niche companies are maybe going to be as big as them. But at the end of the day, if they lose to 100 niche companies, they still lost all the time, mm-hmm. right? It, it, it didn't matter that they weren't as big as them. Um, and and I, I think that's that's one other thing I'd mention, too, on this, and then we could 
you know, talk about whatever you want to talk about. But I, I've sometimes labeled this like the age of narrow, like not 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 narrow thinking. We don't need more of that. But like everybody has a, a narrow thing they want to focus on, meaning my Netflix queue, right? If you're a sci-fi fan like me, you could literally watch good and bad sci-fi movies for the rest of your life. You know, when I was a young kid, I'm 50, I got to watch it when it showed up on TV. Right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, And then I had to watch some other thing that I wasn't quite as enamored of, right? Because it was what was on. And, and everybody is kind of focused in that, like, age of narrow. I like what I like. And um, I, I think, forget about changes to the digital buyer's journey. That's a cultural shift that the next generation of buyers, um, they're really going to ask that of who they're buying from. I mean, the, the 20 and 30-year-olds who become, like, executives making all the buying decisions, they're living the age of Nero now. They're, they're, they're not going to expect anything else when they deal with them. Yeah, it's fascinating. Right, we're we're now so used to having this curated and customized experience with with so many, if not everything that 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 we do. It certainly makes sense. Interesting, hmm. Sean. I'm 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 with you, man. You just had to flip through the uh, the three channels and and watch what was on back in the day. Not 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 like kids today have. No, no. <laughs> I mean, there was, you know, I mean, whether the TV show was good or bad, it was what you had at the time. But, no, and I don't think anybody wants to go back to the other alternative. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, what, what else would you like to chat about? Well, I think, I think that we are ready for, for your difference-making tip. So what do you have for them? Well, I, th- I think we hit it, I guess. I would, I would say just, you know, when you're, when you're tempted to, um, as, 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 a, as an HP exec once told me when I was a younger seller, right, and a younger marketer, I was, I was trying to explain to him um, our firm. And he said, um, as I kept explaining the firm, he said, put his hand out in front of me, which is always a bad sign. <laughs> and, and he said, I mean, like right then and there, you're like, oops, okay, whatever's coming next is not praise. And he said, I know you want to keep the aperture wide open. And, and I'd say that would be my final tip, is like, that's not a good thing today. It's not a good thing to keep the aperture wide open. Like, you, you have to actually narrow what you do. And, and, I, and, I, and it's going to lead to all kinds of good outcomes, right? You're going to have lower cost of customer acquisition over time. You're going to have lower churn of customers. Your product development efforts are going to be better if you're a product company. Um, it, your employee base is going to be happier because they're going to really feel like they're in service to an audience, not just to like the planet. Um, and, and I'd say at the end of the day, also, there's just a great deal of satisfaction that comes from it because that slightly icky feeling any business leader feels when they know they're stretching a little bit too far. Um, sure, you get to stretch, but you get to stretch in a way that you're providing something really valuable. Um, and, and that always feels better than, than reaching too far at the end of the day and failing. So I think, um, I, I think just, just focus, think of the age and arrow, say no a little more, you know, and, and, and in, you might have three months of lower sales because you, you're not saying yes to everything. You're not keeping the aperture wide open. Um, but in the end, you're going to have actually sales that are going to make you happier, and then you'll have a very defensible niche, um, which is which is also a really good thing to have too. 
I love it. I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets come on. Come on. I know you want to keep the aperture wide open, Sean, but gotta gotta narrow that down a little bit. Like, what a uh, what a wonderful service that that uh, person did. Is do, do do you still remember that person's name? Oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 Paul Logue. Okay. He now works at SAP. He, he's a vice president. He was at HP at the time. I mean, I, it, no, and and I think. Um, it was spot on and it was actually delivered really well too. Like it wasn't, he didn't make me feel like an idiot. You know, it was kind of a, and, and I've watched how he interacts with his team, Albert from outside the company over the years and his team seems to love him. So I wouldn't doubt that he's, he's probably a really good boss on a lot of levels too. But, uh, but no, it was great. It was great coaching at the time. And it's, it's something I think about pretty often when we think about our own marketing and positioning and sales efforts. No, that's great. Well, Sean, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you and who should be engaging with you? Um, well, company-wise, it's CascadeInsights.com. Um, I, I, my email is fairly out there for various things I've done over the years, so giving it away here isn't going to necessarily increase my spam. Um, so it's Sean, S-E-A-N, at CascadeInsights.com. And um, if you're a B2B technology company um as we say like we don't deal with any technology that's sold in a best buy uh that's more business to consumer kind of stuff um if you're a b2b company and you've got a technology play um give us a call we can help you with with marketing or sales enablement and definitely with research too excellent well savage nation if you enjoyed this much as i did show sean your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas Check out the website, shoot him an email, and list all those in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Sean. Thanks a lot. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right.